Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome, and this is the weekly Cindy Meyer radio show sponsored by Spirit Seeker Magazine. And you can go to, as the little intro said, www.spiritseeker.com, and uh, the November issue, if it's not up yet, it will be up by tomorrow. And we have some great articles uh, covering the 12-12-12 Star Knowledge Conference uh, happening in Phoenix, Arizona. We have, if, if all of you with pets that are having the, the terrible problem with fleas this year, there's a non-toxic going green flea control for your animals that is just wonderful by our monthly uh, green uh, columnist. He's our editor. We have uh, a review of the sacred journey of the heart. We have some great Thanksgiving recipes. And if you have a vegetarian coming in, you just don't know what to do. There's a wonderful, wonderful recipe for the vegetarian folks. And it actually would be a compliment to a traditional uh, Thanksgiving as well. We also have an excerpt from the Law of Divine Compensation on Work, Money, and Miracles by Marian Williamson. Uh, Marian Williamson has written many, many books. And this one was channeled because of the financial situation that is going on globally. And her book is, you know, very timely with helping uh, people look at money and energy in a, to- a totally different way. We also have a wonderful, wonderful um, article on feng shui tips to enhance your Thanksgiving feast. And last but not least, um, we have the Wide Awake Midwest Conference, and that will be our second part of the show this evening, so I'm not going to talk going to talk about that now because we'll uh, talk about that our second half. And then there's a, a quiz that you can take to find out uh, what Ayurvedic type you are. So if you've always been fascinated by Ayurvedic medicine, uh, then there's a great little quiz and an excerpt from a book by Brian Leaf on yoga, Ayurveda, and creativity. So tonight, I am really excited. I uh, have been uh, a practitioner, not practitioner, I have been a fan of coaching since the early 90s. Um, the minute I heard about coaching, I, it just, my ears perked up. And I have, uh, I'm a big believer in the coaching process. And tonight, my guest is Sherry Prindle, who is a corporate trainer, a life coach, uh, uh, she she certifies coaches all over the world. She is, She's a motivational mastermind. She has worked in so many different countries, and we'll hear about that in a moment. She is flown in Japanese, Russian. Um, she's known as a laser coach because she lasers in with companies and, and folks that are just in need of where do I go from here. And um, I could go on and on, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, bring Sherry on. So, Sherry, welcome to the call. Thank you. So fantastic to hear about the, the, the this edition of the Spirit Seeker magazine. I'm such a fan of that. Well, and, and you know, those are the print articles. Uh, what what many people uh, have found is that we, you know, we have the larger online edition. So I just mentioned the articles that are uh, in the print edition in the Midwest, but we have uh, Buddha Standard Time, Awakening to the Infinite Possibilities of Now, Changing Your Frequency, and on and on. So we 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 figured out, uh, I guess, about a year ago that 
you know, we can do a larger online edition because it's just impossible to print all of the wonderful articles that come our way. So, so thank you for your words of support, and thank you for being part of the magazine. And um, you know, we, it, it's a labor of love, and it's 15 years old. The little baby is 15 years old. We've been bringing it to our readers, so it's you know. And and you know and you let's let's hear about you. How did you get started on this tr- on this track and and you know Japanese Russian? I mean you know did you grow up as a young girl traveling all over the world or where did all this come from? You know I hope that all of you in the Midwest um, that read the actual print magazine can really be inspired by the fact that I was such an ordinary girl that grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is about an hour outside of Kansas City, and I was so normal and so ordinary, and my life. I don't mean that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just I had nothing, you know, nothing different happening. It was just that, you know, little by little, I just always was inspired by my, I guess my parents, I was an only child, just to to be myself. And then, you know, I went to college, and there was an exchange exchange student opportunity in Japan. And then after I made Japan happen, and there was so much there, I decided to go to another country and go to Russia. And this was before I was uh, scared, you know, it was before I left fear get in the way of really going out there and creating what I wanted in life. I mean, I, I went to Japan after I graduated college. I'd been there for a year as an exchange student. And then I, I did so well in Japan, I said, oh, I'll just go to another country. And I just I landed in Russia with nothing set up. And I was like, hi, Russia, here I am, you know. And the next thing you know, I had my own radio show in Russia, and it was the morning zoo. And I, we did, it, was, it was like the, 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 the morning drive, you know, 6 to 10 a.m., and morning drive show. And, and, you know, no one told me that I couldn't do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, were you fluent in Japanese? I guess you were. So when I went there, when I went to those countries, I wasn't. And you don't pick it up by osmosis. You do have to study. But the way I studied was, you know, I would go to this little bar and talk to everybody at night and write down all the things they said that I couldn't understand and write down all the things that I wanted to say that I couldn't say. And after the bar closed, I'd go and study for a couple more hours before I went to sleep and then try to step out again the next day. How fascinating. You know, my, <laughs> my, my, uh, I have my one and only daughter. I have two sons and a daughter. And she... Uh, majored in political science, but then also in Spanish, and then she loved Spanish so much she took uh, Italian. She went to law school for a year in Miami, but it was an international law school, and they, you know, studied abroad for one summer. So she went to Spain this last summer, realized she really liked languages way more than law school. So now Mm -hmm. she took a year off law school to, you know, figure it out. But she's living in Granada, Spain with a, a family. She goes to a language immersion thing, and she plays basketball in Spain. I mean, she was on a guy's team, and now she's on a girl's team. You know, but she learned when she lived in Argentina, basketball is basketball anywhere. And the best, she said, I she said I learn as much about the language at uh, at basketball practice and the games as I do, you know, in class. Absolutely, languages are meant to be spoken, not meant to be, you know, given tests about, you know. Yeah. And all of this is super relevant to our topic about life coaching because it's just an example of when, where do we lose that? Like, where did that go? That there was a time when all of us had sort of this sense of what we really loved, a sense of the passion and a sense of that dream. And somehow all these voices in our heads, some coming from society, some coming from our own fear, sort of talked us into, well, let's just play it safe. And there's nothing wrong with playing it safe if that's what you want. But what is it that you really want, and how nice would it be to uncover that and have someone support you in following that to whatever capacity you can? 
You know, the whole uh, title, do you do you even know where it came from with Life Coach? I mean, where did that phrase, you know, I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, and really it's what it is. You're coaching, you're supporting, you're like the cheerleader, but, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're like this me- big megaphone. You can do it. Yes, you can, you know, and, and yet, you know, your, your secret to success from everything, um, you know, that I, you know, I, I've known you a while now, and then just preparing for the interview, I thought, you know, I really like how she says, I hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think that there's a day coming that possibly, just like a family would have a family doctor, you know, a family would have a a family therapist or a family coach. And I'll talk about the difference between the two. But the fact is, I want everyone just to to answer the big question, you know, what is a life coach? I think you've heard that phrase, but what is it actually? So whenever people ask me, what is a life coach, which essentially is what what you just said, then I always ask the question back. And by the way, <laughs> as a tip for those of you who go to networking functions, when someone asks you, what do you do, the best thing to respond with is a question. So if someone says, what do you do, I don't say I'm a life coach. I say, well, can you think of something that you've been telling yourself you'd like to change, something you'd like to accomplish but you just haven't managed to get yourself to do it? And of course everyone says yes. And then my response is, well, I'm a life coach, and what we actually do is help you really figure out what it is that you want to do and then help you figure, help you break that what you want to do down into specific action steps and then hold you accountable for following through because I want everyone to think about it. You have things that you've accomplished in life and things that you keep saying you want to accomplish and you haven't, and most commonly the biggest difference between what you have done and what you haven't done is that you had someone that you were accountable to. Like if it's a job, you're you're responsible for following through and getting it done for your work or for your family, you do it. But if it's just you, if it's just little you who's holding your own self accountable, we human beings tend to fail miserably, and that's where the life coach steps in and holds you accountable. That's a really good way to describe it. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's interesting. My, my very first life coach was a, a TWA, this tells you how far back, a, a pilot. And he knew that he was getting ready to retire, so he went back to school, and he became a licensed professional counselor. Well, he quickly learned that as an LPC, licensed professional counselor, you, as a general rule, sit there and your clients come to you. Well, this was a man who'd flown all over the world and liked his freedom, and he thought, well, this is just not going to work out the way I thought, so he went back. And got his coaching certification and the next thing you know he's working with the same clients that he would have done you know in st louis so to speak but he was he had his freedom again because you know most coaching sessions not all but most are um many are over the phone right and so as you think about it out there everyone and you think about some of the issues you have in your life i don't think there's anybody that's ever thought that has ever not thought, I'm sorry, that no, you know, that, that I don't need any help. You know, I mean, we all get to points where, man, I, I'd like to talk to somebody. I wish, I wish I knew what was going on here. And as you're wondering, what's the difference between what she was saying, a counselor and a, and a coach? The main difference between the two, I think it's important to know if you're seeking some help, is that basically coaches begin with now. We don't delve into your past. As a matter of fact, what if all of us just right now reached down and just drew a line in the sand and said, Everything that has happened up until now is my past. And just put it in the past and actually viewed our own lives as being wide open to do anything you want. I mean, there's no reason why I have to be anything today like I was yesterday. 
And so the coach really says, you know, let's just take a look. Exploring your past, if you want to do that, I can, I can recommend a counselor. But what we'd like to do is just find out where you want to be and then set forward that action plan to get you where you want to be. And you say things are done over the phone, that's better. I know less about you when I don't see what's going on around you. And I actually protect myself, shelter myself against knowing too much about my clients. Now, that sounds totally absurd to people, but the reason it's important for me not to know so much about my clients is that I might begin seeing them as what they see themselves as, which is a product of their past. And I don't want to do that. I want to see them as pure potential for the future. That's really powerful, what you just said right there. And, you know, it's it's the truth. You do not have to meet a person to tune into their frequency, to laser in to, you know, their issues. And, you know, Sherry, you work, you work with corporations. You, tell people all the different things that you do because, you, I mean, you're always on the go. Yes, and that's, again, me following my passion. But I go into organizations, and I love that you're doing, that you've done your feng shui and you've become a real expert in that. I think a real field of growth right now is that, organizations are becoming open to energy work, open to understanding that everything is energy and that, you know, the way you set up your office feng shui-wise is energy, but the way you communicate with people is energy and the way you um, configure yourself as a unique selling proposition is energy. Um, so I'm actually called a business process reengineering expert, so I go into companies and I watch them work and I see how they're set up. And you know what? I don't necessarily say anything about energy as a sort of spiritual uh, practice at all. Um, I just call myself a business process re-engineer, re-engineering expert. But really what I'm doing is I'm going in and basically seeing how they've got the energy flow set up in their organization. And so when you say that I'm able to laser in on the problem, I'm just so thrilled that there are so many people out there in spirit seeker land because this (laughs) stuff stuff is so applicable to corporate America. As long as you don't use any of the words that scare people, you can bring all of this energy work right into the business world, and the people in the business world just think you're brilliant, and all you're really doing is using the principles that we've known about for a long time, Reiki and feng shui and all that. Right. Let me share a story, if I may. Um, Yes. I'll hide this. I heard this story, I don't know, it was in the late 80s, or eight, late 80s, early 90s. Okay, so MasterCard opened up this huge office in Hong Kong, and by all rights should have been very successful. But for some reason, things just were not working. Someone said, you should call the local feng shui consultant, which, you know, as a general rule, you know, East Coast, West Coast, you don't even buy a house. You know, and this is this is in USA. You don't buy a house without a real um, a feng shui consultant who analyzes the land forms, you know, analyzes, you know, all the different things before you buy it. Well, Hong Kong, MasterCard, of course, outsider going into Asia, uh, did did not do that. So they called the feng shui consultant when things were not going uh, on track with their finances and projections. The very first thing that that uh, feng shui consultant did was rearranged all the partitions. They had everything compartmentalized every which way. The feng shui consultant came in and energetically opened the whole space. Guess what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, finances, yeah. everything everything clicked. So this yeah. is, you know, this is, uh, you're, you're right on. It's, it's, you just use different languaging, but it's exactly, it's all energetics. It's all vibrational. Yeah. 
And so when it's so funny that, you know, when you look at my LinkedIn page or whatever, it looks like I do so many things. But the fact is I do the same thing. I do the same thing, you know, all over the place. So if it's coaching, then it's about lasering in on, you know, what those people want and figuring out where they're blocking their own flow and figuring out where what they're, you know, some of the things they're doing is blocking their flow and sort of clearing out the flow. And then when I go in as a consultant, I go in and figure out how to, you know, clear out the clear those blocks. And then when I'm doing training, it's the same way. I've just had a group of people that we're just kind of figuring out where their blocks are and open, opening up the flow. I mean, really, it really is just all about opening up the flow of energy and channeling energy in the direction that you want to go. That's really all it is, but it's got different names. Right. So let's, let's uh, listeners, we will take calls. So all you have to do, if you um, would like to ask a question, you know, of Sherry and have her use her magic. We are going to give you some different tips. Uh, actually, Sherry's giving you some tips tonight. But if you have a question, all you have to do is press 1 on your phone, and my producer will bring you onto the call. Um, so, and, and I know a lot of times everybody just, you know, wants to listen. But uh, all you have to do is, you know, press 1 on your phone, and then uh, we'll bring you onto the call. So, Sherry, just, you know, this is, you know, you can go in lots of directions, and I know you, you said you wanted to give some basic tips to people. Um, but also, I, I just, you know, what else would you like to share about coaching before we do that? Because, you know, I know you have magical stories, and, you know, you could share some of that. Um, and I love how you said, you know, you know how you ask a question, answer a question with a question, which, you know, is open-ended and really gets engages the person, and they totally can relate. That was, you know, fabulous. So that was already a wonderful tip, listeners. <laughs> So, you know, what I would share is the part that we don't know about is the part that's underneath the tip of the iceberg. So, you know how an iceberg, they say 10% of it is above the water and the other 90% is underneath. I don't know how much we are attuned to the fact that 90% of the time we're unconscious. Unconscious. I want you to think about it. What that means is that you're awake, but you're not having to think through step by step what you're doing. And so you get up in the morning, and that whole morning routine, you don't have to think about that. You get in a car, you drive somewhere, you didn't have to think through step-by-step how you were driving. And so it's really easy to have a goal. You know, you read a book, you take a class, you read Spirit Seeker, you listen to Cindy, you're like, oh, that's a great idea, I'm going to do that. But how often do you actually follow through? And when we don't follow through, what do we do? We kick ourselves, like, oh, I'm so stupid. Stop kicking yourself and start being aware of the fact that, you know, all you did was consciously decide that you wanted to make that new behavior happen. But deciding consciously isn't going to do it. That's only 10%. Your unconscious mind, the part that's underneath conscious, other than conscious, has already been programmed to keep you the same as you are right now until you die, to keep you the same as you are. That's the safest thing. The unconscious is all about your safety and your security. Let's not do anything new or different. It might be dangerous. So all of a sudden you get a new idea, and it might be the best idea you've ever had. It might be the thing that's going to bring your life to great health and happiness, but your subconscious doesn't care about your happiness or your success. All it knows is nothing you've done so far has killed you. Let's just keep you the same. Let's just keep you in your comfort zone. So the analogy that I love to use for this, because I think this is probably the most powerful thing I ever learned, the analogy I like to use comes from a man named Dr. Tom Miller, who does a program called Self-Discipline and Emotional Control. He says that the conscious mind is the writer and the unconscious is the horse. So I'm going to assume, Cindy, that you've been on like a trail ride. You know, you get on this horse, and the one horse follows the horse in front of it. But um, but um, but um, but um, you ever try to get your horse to do anything interesting? You know, pass the horse in front of it, speed up. What happens? 
They won't do it. It won't do it because the horse has been trained to just go but um but um but um but up. Now, if you know how the horse was trained, you can force the horse to go down another path. But you have to stay forcing that horse. You have to keep it up because the minute you try and relax, what's the horse going to do? <laughs> but um but up, right? Right, right, because it knows the path. Right, and so the fact the is. That what we do right now is exactly what we've trained ourselves to do. We've trained, we are, we've been trained to stay the same and do the things that we do. And the fact is, you can retrain. You just have to retrain the horse. Nobody tells us that. Everyone sort of leads us to believe that all we have to do is get this great information and go with it. But no, that's just training the rider. Now you have to turn around and train the horse. And the only way the horse learns is through practice and repetition. So that's where affirmations come in. That's where having a coach that holds you accountable, that you follow through with specific action steps, practice and repetition, that's where that comes in. That's why it's important to read your spirit seeker and listen to the radio every week and have your audios and all those things to train the horse. Right, right. So it's and – it, and it's just so true. You know, people – you know, you hear A plus B equals C. If you're – really a little tired of C, you can't continue to still do the A plus B. It has to be changed up. And the mind, you know, the the ego thrives on familiarity. It doesn't like us to change at all. So all of a sudden, that's partly where the coach comes in because, you know, if all I'm listening to is the voice in my head, well, guess what? The voice in my head is my horse. And that chatter that's in your brain all the time is just your horse basically tricking you into staying the same. Uh, the life coach certification class I do um, that I bring to St. Louis even, um, one of the big things that we talk about is some NLP, some neuro-linguistic programming stuff. It's called metamodels where basically your horse is trying to talk you out of changing, trying to talk you out of changing. And that is so strong. The horse is so good at its job that sometimes if you're at the mercy of your horse, you can't talk yourself out of it. I know Eckhart Tolle talked about this pain body, the idea that somehow there's this sort of voice in your head that wants you to stay miserable. It's absolutely true. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when um, when when you – okay. If someone has it just says, you know, I'd like to just try this, what what do you recommend for a person who has never, ever tried coaching ever in their life, but they know they're drawn to it? Well, Where do you recommend they start? Absolutely. Let me just have everybody think about, first of all, what your dream would be. Because whenever I coach people, we actually start the first coaching session with no limitations. If my coaching client tells me they want to put on a red cape and fly to the moon, I write it down. I just write it down as one of their goals and I don't question it. Because the first thing to do is build the dream and build the dream with all five senses. The subconscious is very sensory. So if you're always in your head, it's hard to make that stuff happen. So just start out by just letting yourself dream, daydream, what it is that you would really love to do, what you'd really love to be, and then get all five senses involved where you can really, really envision it. And those of you who are into all the the metaphysical stuff, you know that that's what Greg Braden says, that you should pray a sensory prayer, and, you know, everybody else goes on like that. Well, guess what? That's where we start with coaching. And then as you take a look at the dream, then the next step is going to be, okay, let me pick one and let me just break down what are the specific steps that I would need to take to achieve that dream. And the fact is that human beings cannot do projects. Human beings cannot accomplish goals. They can't accomplish dreams. All human beings can do is take steps. All we can do is steps, just one step at a time. So if my goal is to get out the door, I I can have a very clear goal about wanting to get out the door by a certain time. 
But I can only make it to the door one step at a time, and if I haven't identified the steps, I can't get there. If your goal is to maybe hire a life coach, then actually go out and and just do some searching on the web. Most life coaches give you a 30-minute or 20-minute free sample session anyway to give you a feel. But when I'm coaching you, I start you out with your big dream, and then we move into how to break the dream down into specific action steps. Now, we also do some things with subconscious reprogramming, retraining that horse through some personal affirmations that you create. And some of you are listening to this going, man, I want to be a coach. Absolutely. Then your start is to think about what niche of people you would like to coach. What group of people do you feel could most benefit from you? And find out where those people hang out and get to know what their issues are. Wonderful advice. Wonderful advice. And, you know, I like how, you know, you start with the bigger picture, you know, and so so many people in in my experience and even in my own life you know you, you you get bogged down with well how in the world can that happen and you know the how is up to the universe allowing it you just have to set that intention and you know when we're when everything lines up when we know you know like what the goal or what the purpose you know well it's really great if you know your life purpose and then all your goals match that you know most people i think especially I, I can't tell you how many engineers I've worked with that did that because it was a safe job and they really didn't know what they wanted to do. And then all of a sudden they wake up one day and they're like, I really don't like what I do. I mean, some engineers do do like it, but for some reason I've worked with more engineers than, you know, especially in the male population. I don't know why. I do, it's just the way it's worked. I've also worked with a lot of adopted people because I was adopted. So, you know, you, you attract uh, you not totally adopted, but it's complicated. But you know, therefore, because I understand the complexities of it, that's what I've I've attracted a lot of it. And and I I love how you explain. You don't start with a, you know the little minute details. You start with the bigger thing. And and here you are just listening, and and then you then you start with you know how they can get there. Well, there's a really neat coaching model. What we we literally just we ask, you know, well, what would you like to achieve? And and we just keep it really mellow. What else? What if you just let yourself without judging? What do I what do I want to do? Okay, what else? And just keep asking, what else? What else? What else? And then look at all your life areas. I mean, almost any coaching program that you look at will 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 point out the fact that you have areas of your life: financial, professional, physical, like your health, uh, relationships. Um, your spirituality, your emotional life, and, and then just ask, as you ask yourself, what else? Look at all the different areas of your life. What, what goals would I have spiritually? What goals would I have emotionally? What goals would I have in relationships? What goals would I have financial? And literally, yeah, let yourself build the dream. And the, the, there's, there are two really powerful questions. But those of you who are kind of armchair coaches, people always come to you for advice, or when you're trying to do some self-coaching, which is what I'm really kind of sharing with you now, there are two really, really good questions to ask yourself. As you're thinking about those dreams, you build the dream, you let it be real, and then ask yourself, why is this important to me? Or why is this important to you? And how will you know you've achieved it? I mean, one thing that we're missing here when we're building the dream is that many of us have met our dreams. We've achieved our dreams, and we didn't even notice because we were busy going on to the next dream. So let that dream build and then ask yourself these two questions. Why is this important to me? Because that helps you get tap into your motivation. And how will I know I've achieved it so that you can put some measurable result there? I mean, we set ourselves up for failure when we're not specific about the measurable result we're looking for. 
You know, I can remember um, when I first was learning uh, affirmations and setting intention, and I remember uh, we were working with finances. And, you know, when you say you want more money, well, do you want a teaspoon or do you want an ocean? You know, be specific. You know, the more specific you are, then the universe really knows what it is that you're wanting to, you know, manifest in your life. And I think so many people are... It's not that they're vague. They're, they've just not grown up thinking in this way where, you know, to be more specific. But yet you don't want to be too, like, little, you know, micromanage your thoughts. You know, you it's it's really expansion at the same time as getting clarity. Is that a good way to put it? Well, absolutely, because there's a difference between between limiting my goal and saying this is exactly what I want. I think one of the great spiritual principles is that you ask for what you want and then you add the phrase or something better to give the universe an opportunity to give you something better. Um, But what we're really talking about is just setting, we're still achieving, we can go beyond that, but let's go ahead and draw a measure so that we'll know we've achieved it. I mean, the, the story I tell is that when I was in middle school, we went to see a little practice of the high school musical, like they were going to rehearse in the afternoon, and we got to go watch them. And I remember it was My Fair Lady, and I remember watching that woman playing Eliza Doolittle thinking. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Yes, I, I know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Keep going. Keep and going. all I could think was, I totally want, that's my big goal in life, is I want to be the lead in a musical. And so I think I was in seventh grade, and you know what? When I was a junior in high school, 11th grade, I was the lead in the high school musical, and guess what? But it was my fair lady. <gasps> that is just, I mean, I, right? I mean, well, all you have to do is is watch my fair lady, and you realize, you know what? You just have to dream. You have to believe in yourself, and and do the work. I mean, she did the work. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember at the time Fabulous. I was so stuck. Yeah, I was, but I was so stuck in the next thing I wanted to do that I didn't oh. appreciate the fact that I had made it, you know? And I think that's what we do. So, you know, think about what you want, but but decide what is that measurable result? How will you know you've achieved it so that when you do achieve it, you can thank the universe. You can be appreciative. You can pat yourself on the back for doing the work. Um, you know, when we move on to the very next thing, I think it's so easy to kick ourselves and think that we're a failure when we're actually an amazing success. Again, it's great to have a coach, a third party that can validate that for you, but still... You know, it's really interesting. Many years ago, I uh, took a Tai Chi class, and I'm studying Tai Chi again right now. But back, to, back, to, you know, I don't know, 15 or more years ago, it actually was longer than that, there were three of us in this class. And, you know, Wu Chi is like this solid stance from which all positions flow. So you, you get yourself really grounded, solid, and then all of the different movements start from there. Well, it was fascinating. She had one of us think about the past, one of us think about the future, which was me. I was always the next goal, where I wanted to go next, where I wanted to go next. And um, and then she had one person think about this moment, being grounded in this moment, present with everything, you know, just what you were just describing, like being present with the accomplishments before you just go to the next thing. So what she did, you know, so one's energy. I was in thinking about the future, one the past, one in this moment. She went to the person thinking about the past, and she took her fingertip and touched the front of their body, and they fell backwards and lost their balance. She came to me and took her – I mean, we're talking about a fingertip. We're not even talking about a shove, nothing. Just a tiny little one finger on my back, and because my energy was going toward the future all the time, fell forward.
I lost my balance. She's the person who was thinking about just this moment, being in this present moment, being in this Tai Chi class, being present with her body. She couldn't budge her. Could not budge her because she was so solid and rooted in this moment. Now, you know, what you just described is, is I think, you know, part of the, it's not just American. It's it's global, I think, with the technology and everything else. Everybody's always, like, fastest, fast, oh, my phone's not fast enough, my computer's not fast enough, I can't do it fast enough. And you and I both talk really fast, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody can do this. But, you know, you're right. And, and very, we were not trained to celebrate our successes, you know, as a general rule. So it's it's really... I think, you know, I think you're spot on with this advice you're giving tonight where celebrate your success before you go to the next thing. Well, and from a, a law of attraction standpoint, then we're always approaching life from a point of lack. We're always approaching life from a point of not having it yet. We're not there yet. We don't have it yet. And we all know that you only draw into your life like energy. So if I'm not feeling like I've completed things, if I'm not feeling like a success, how difficult is it for me to draw success into my life? Right. Wow. Fabulous. Okay, so... If there is a question, just press one on your phone. We're going to keep going. Um, and and those of you that are listening, I just want to remind you that this show is archived uh, once it's complete. And so you can forward the link. You know, it'll be posted on Facebook. You can forward the link. So, we, you know, it's it's interesting, Sherry. Everybody knows, not everybody, but, but we have we get stats on how many after-hour listens there are and how many are live listens. And, because people know, you know, it just doesn't work for everybody on Tuesday evenings, but it's just fa- fascinating how many people are sharing the link with other people so that they can listen too. So, listeners, um, I, I just want to mention this in case I forget. We send a reminder. If you favorite the show, we will send you a reminder to let you know uh, when the next shows are coming up. Or if you just want to send an email to info at spiritseeker.com, we add you to our sacral saints list. Every single person on our spirit seeker list knows about the weekly radio show, who our guests are. Um, so we don't sell that list at all. It's It's been 15 years of spirit seeker, you know, happy people. <laughs> so, um, so you know, in case I forget. And then I also want to mention Sherry's website. It is www.certifiedcoaches.com federation.com um okay so sherry we do have a uh a caller who would like to ask a question about relationships a relationship question would you um would that be okay to bring her onto the air oh please oh she just dropped off well come back jennifer um she must have just got cut off she was there and then uh she dropped off so ah. so listeners you can ask business questions you can ask Personal question, Sherry. Open open the ideas so that if uh, so that they know what they can ask tonight. Because sometimes yeah. they're used to getting psychic readings, and we're not doing that tonight. We're doing coaching. Right, right. And so let me actually differentiate coaching. Um, coaching actually says that you know the answer inside of you, probably. Um, coaching, we never give you advice. We don't tell you what to do. What we do is we ask you questions to draw outside of yourself, really, that when you think about it, don't you in most situations have this idea that I'd like to do this? And you feel really good about it until you start talking to other people about it. 
and they start saying, well, what about this? And, oh, have you thought about that? And, oh, this is a bad idea. Or when you start, heaven forbid, thinking about it. Oh, my goodness, right? Because when you start thinking about it, you get really stuck in that horse that's talking in your head trying to keep you the same. The horse is so good at its job, and then you just get so confused, and you start second-guessing yourself. So one of the things that coaching really does is really, if you're thinking about something and, and you're, you know, a really common thing that people come to coaching for is when you talk about life purpose, you know, they what, what is my purpose? A lot of times people come to coaching absolutely for kind of thinking about what direction to go with their business or their relationships. Um, even when you think about, I wish I were more healthy and more sort of balanced, you know, well, how do we go about that? Do I need to exercise? What do I need to do with my eating habits? I mean, people come to coaches for all those things, and the coolest part about coaching is that we never tell you the answer to what you're asking. And it would be fun to have a guest on because when you hear the process of how we come about finding the answer without telling you, it's kind of fascinating. Well, absolutely, because you're asking the person to go deeper. They already are their own wisdom keepers, so to speak. And, you know, so so often people just don't trust their own inner wisdom, you know, and, and that's where a coach can help keep you on track with, you know, Sherry's mentioned, you know, affirmations, which are wonderful positive statements that support whatever it is you're saying that you want to accomplish in your life. And, you know, affirmations um, and mantras and so many different things. You know, I taught, last night I taught space clearing, and uh, it was a three-week feng shui class, and we were on space clearing. And, you know, I said, you know, you can see when a space is just totally, totally physically cluttered, and, you know, you can the, the space cannot breathe, and, you know, there's congestion, and, you know, opportunities are missed because you can't find things, and, you know, things opportunities can't even get to you. I said, imagine what your mind looks like. Imagine. That is profound. That is profound, Cindy. Absolutely. Well, and it's the truth. And so I think the coaching process, uh, in in my experience, just helps you lighten that thinking so that it's it's not cluttered, so that you can really, you know, tune into what it is that you're that you're wanting to accomplish. And a lot of people just don't know. I mean, especially people who are successful in one area and then they can't figure out why it's not in another area. So that's why you know the person who had the relationship issue. Of of course, relationships are relationships. You know, and in, in feng shui, we teach when you activate and start working with a relationship uh, area of your life, it affects all your relationships, business, personal, etc. Well, and one of the easiest things to fall into is believing your own story. And so there's the what happened, and then there's the what we tell ourselves that that meant. And so much of the time what we're really finding is that we're just stuck in the meaning that we gave to what happened. So, I mean, he's not really mad at you, but you've decided that he did this, and so he therefore must be mad at me. And, you know, all of that's his story. And if we could actually separate what happened from the story, that's a lot of the time when you talked about clearing out the space. You know, it's really a lot of the time it's about that. Well, absolutely. There was a, there was a, a lady last night who's dealing with her mother who, um, you know, is due to whatever, I'm not going to go into details, but, you know, her mother now has this house full of stuff that um, she's now living in a, a retirement uh, center. So all of the stuff went to the only daughter, and the only daughter, of course, had this, you know, terrible headache and energetic fatigue because she's been dealing with her mother's stuff. It was interesting. Three people in this class uh, last night had, one had inherited all of the family letters and documents, et cetera, and, you know, it, it, and so all the history, you know, 
you know, energetically, the history of all of these things. That's why, you know, in your bedroom, it's not a good idea to have a lot of books because they all have, you know, books have, have, have vibrations, the vibration of whatever's in that book, and there you are wondering why you're not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... You know, so Sherry, you know, let's let's give the listeners some um, some tips. You know, we we talked about this. I know you've already given um, quite a few, but let's give them some tips on how to change. You know, make the changes that they're desiring. Absolutely. This this this. I mean, to to me, this is the most powerful thing to recognize is the fact that you are unconscious most of the time, and that that shadow that's in your head is this very primitive part of your mind that works very much like a horse or any like primitive mammal. That it doesn't really know what's good for you or what's bad for you. All it knows is that you're alive right now. So nothing you've done so far has killed you. So let's keep you the same. So the first main piece of advice I want everyone to get is that basically to your to your horse. Anything that's new or different, it codes it as wrong and bad and dangerous. So recognize that from now on, anytime you feel that, oh, that, that you know, oh, like you see uh, something that you want to buy, and then you get this thought in your head that says, oh, well, I probably shouldn't buy it. They pro- they're just trying to get me to buy something. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, everybody that's selling stuff is selling stuff that has value. And if you saw that it had value, then go back to that because anytime your horse is resisting something, all it's really resisting is because it's new. So what if every time you came across resistance and things that were happening in your life, what if you just looked at that as, oh, okay, well, all that really means is that whatever I'm just now confronting right now, it's new. All it means is it's new. So thank you very much, horse, for letting me know that it was new. And now independent of my horse, let me make a decision as to whether that would be useful to me or not. And very, then, very good. Right? And then the horse, actually, your subconscious mind has some very specific methods by which it tries to talk you out of changing. Um, in the uh, world of NLP, um, they're called mind re- they're called uh, distortions and generalizations and deletions. So I would like everyone to consider that any time you are mind reading, any time you're thinking he won't understand, she, she she's always like this, they're never like that, they make me this, any time you hear the word make me, always, never, any kind of generalizations, what about the word can't? How do you know you can't if you haven't tried? And, you know, any time you hear these things, that if you really thought about it, you can't empirically know that it's true. You're just mind reading that any time you have those thoughts, that's not you. That's your horse. That's that part of your brain that's got about the intelligence level of a squirrel trying to tell you where to go with your life. And if you became more aware of that, you could take a lot more control over it. Right. Well, and, you know, NLP, I, I just, I love neural, neural what, what that means is neuro-linguistic programming listeners. So NLP is used um, uh, a, a lot, a lot with working with the mind and, you know, exactly what, you know, Sherry's talking about with this horse that wants to go one way and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, and, you know, one of the reasons uh, NLP, in my experience, is so powerful is you learn how your mind works. You know, are you an auditory? Are you a kinesthetic? Are you, you know, uh, would you like to explain just a little bit? Because people, everybody's different. Well, and the main thing, yeah, so you, it's got, you've got five senses, and your unconscious mind is very sensory. So whichever sense you tend to lead with, um, do you tend to be more visual, do you tend to be more auditory, do you tend to be more kinesthetic, colors a lot. So, for example, if you're visual and you're trying to make a decision about your life, you tend to look up to make that decision because when we look up, we're actually tapping into our visual file. 
But if you're trying to solve a problem, doesn't it make sense that you've probably also heard things that would help you and that you've also probably felt things that might help you? But we look up and only look at our visual files. So one of the things that's a great little tip with regard to NLP is what if you look up and think about it for a while and then look to the side, which is where we store our auditory files, think about it for a while, and then look down, which is where we store our feelings files and think about it for a while. Now you're tapping into all your emotions. When you're thinking about a goal, I mentioned to visualize it and also hear what you'd be hearing and taste what you'd be tasting and feel. Cindy talked a moment ago about how powerful it is to be focused in the present moment. Well, guess what? That horse, that subconscious, always pulls things from the past and says, be careful, this might happen again. Isn't it interesting? I want to ask everyone out there, if you had the choice, if you could think about anything you wanted, which would you rather focus on, what's positive or what's negative? You know, everyone says what's positive, but what do we end up focusing on the most? What's negative? Right. But let me explain why that happens. The reason that it happens is your horse is your survival mechanism. So anytime something new happens, your horse scrambles to pull up a bunch of situations from the past that didn't go well and point them out to you so that you won't take a new action, so that you'll play it safe. You see, if it went well, then there's no reason to think, in your horse's mind, in your survival mechanism's mind, if it went well, then there's no reason to think about it. There's no reason to think about things that are positive because there's no danger there. <laughs> so let's only think about negative things because there's potential danger in negative things. So then when you're focused in the past and on the problem, then you're all stuck in negativity. You're not taking any kind of action. I mean, do you know anybody who's constantly miserable? Oh One gosh. of my favorite things to do. Don't you have a miserable friend that always tells you what's wrong? Oh, yes, we all have those. <laughs> and, it's you know, it's not their fault. It's just they're listening to their horse. Right. You know, it occurred to me that I had, I had a friend, and she was telling me about how horrible her marriage was. She was telling me about this horrible thing her husband did. And, you know, regardless of the fact that this thing was not so wonderful that he did, it occurred to me to ask her, well, how often does he do that? What, daily, weekly, monthly? The answer to all of the above was no. So I'm thinking it was quarterly. So if you look at it like there are 365 days a year, four of which he does this thing that's miserable, and therefore you have a miserable marriage, meanwhile, 360 days, he may be doing something wonderful that you're not noticing because your subconscious mind is only directing you toward things that have potential danger associated with them. Well, and as we all know, where the attention goes, the energy flows. So there you are. You're you're focused on, you know, this whole lack and what he's not doing instead of what he is doing. That's so wonderful, and you can't see the forest of the trees. It's like you've you've missed, you know, this whole deal. You know, I uh, I once had a friend that I just totally loved, just absolutely loved, you know. And there was this, a time when I um, needed to be uh, transported, you know, someplace and. And then I was there for several hours, and and I had helped my friend. It was actually, I was was going through chemotherapy. It was a number of years ago. And and I know she's not listening to this, and it's okay. No one will figure out who this person is. So at any any rate, that was exactly what you just described. It was uh, complaining about her her marriage. And so, and I, I just knew that the chemotherapy was toxic enough. The last thing I needed was like this, right? So I said, "You, um, I am so grateful that you're taking me, but here's the deal. Only positive things about your marriage. I said, otherwise, really, I just, you know, for this time time frame, I just need you to, um, I, I'm just asking as a favor that you not complain. So the first hour or two, it was, well, and then quiet. And then, 
it didn't quite. And she caught herself because, you know, she knew that this is really, like, important to me. And so it was just hysterical. She reframed it. She got it. But, you know, it takes sometimes someone pointing out to you that deeply cares for you to say, you know, you're stuck on, you know, it's like a record that is stuck in a groove. And it's just, you know, you can hear that. Oh, oh, gosh, that sounds terrible. Over and over. But we don't realize it. We just get in these grooves in, you know, you know, in all areas of our life. It's not just, you know, personal. It can happen anywhere where you just do the, you know, the classic story of the, the daughter who calls her mother and says, Mom, I'm getting ready to bake the ham, and I'm, um, I'm, I, you know, I was cutting the end of the ham off, and someone asked me why I was doing that, but that's the way you always did it, so that's the way I did it. But mom, why do you cut the end of the, you know, why, why do you do that? And the mom says, well, honey, because the ham was always bigger than the pan that I had, so therefore I had to fit the ham into the pan. Right. But the daughter had always seen it that way, so I mean, and that's mm-hmm. how our minds are. They. Uh, well, you 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 explain it, you know, but that's but that's the image yeah. that came, and how fast we can reframe it mm-hmm. once we're conscious with it. Yeah, well, a, a great example that I like to use is if you've ever if you know anything about sailing, then a sailboat actually has a, a rudder that's a steering mechanism. But if the sails are up and they're harnessing the wind going west, but you want to go east, holding onto that rudder and steering the boat east will not get you east. Um, you when the wind is down, you can you can pull the rudder and it'll go east for a little while. But the minute the wind picks up, the sails are going to catch it and have you going west. And how often does it happen that you get this goal and you say, you know what, I really want to start a new career? I mean, everyone out there has had those moments, right? And you go, okay, and you start getting really excited about it. Maybe you talk to somebody, maybe you know, and you get all excited and you're kind of going in that direction. And then life happens and just kind of sweeps you back to where you were before, and you've gotten nowhere. And you know, one of the interesting things about your subconscious is it likes to talk in your head and rationalize and i love you to listen to the word rationalize what about rationalize being telling yourself rational lies oh my gosh i never thought about it that way that's great <laughs> so you rationalize it and it, you, know, you have to make it okay because we human beings can't live with you know feeling like what we did was not okay and so we always rationalize it it always ends up that it's okay but it comes back up again and so what if you've got a subconscious that's trying to keep you the same and you've got a conscious that's trying to pull you, take you in a new direction and you live your entire life at cross purposes like that, like the sailboat that starts going east but gets blown west and then steers back east and then like that. And so what would it be like if you actually had the, the principles that it took to get your sails rearranged, realigned, so that your subconscious mind was moving in the same direction as your goals. And I'm even going to give you a really good tip on how to do that. So the first thing is just to be conscious. Just I love this analogy that I use of the horse and the rider because the minute I started calling it the horse, I could start noticing it better. Like, oh, wait, that's just my horse. And that instantly gave me a lot more power over it. So first, just just being aware of the fact that 90% of the time you're unconscious, that most of the chatter in your head is that unconscious part of your mind that's just trying to keep you safe, keep you the same. That's the first thing. But the second thing is that you can decide all you want what you'd like to do, but your subconscious isn't going to go there. The only way to train the subconscious, the horse, is through practice and repetition. So what if you picked a goal that you have, build that dream, get a real vivid picture of it. Remember, all five senses because your horse, your subconscious is really in tune to your senses. 
and then just keep uh, doing that affirmation, but make the affirmation vivid and put the affirmation in your own words. And then here's the important thing about affirmations. Affirmations should be in the present tense as if it's already happened. So when Cindy talked about being at a class where the person thinking about the past and thinking that the future was unstable, but the person focusing in the present was stable, well, what if you do your affirmations as if your goals have already happened? That puts you in that very stable, present tense state of mind. And then you have to listen to that every day for at least 21 days. I recommend just keeping it up to reprogram your subconscious to be in alignment with your goals. And if your goals stay just big and dreamy, then you're never going to accomplish them. You have to break them down into specific steps. Go ahead and get lost in your day. Just What if you just live your day the way you normally live it, only you've got one goal that you've broken down into specific action steps you need to take it? What if you just put two of those little steps into your normal daily routine? So you're doing what you're doing now, but you have this dream of becoming a professional speaker. So you've decided that once a week you're going to go to Toastmasters, and you've decided that every day you're going to write down your thoughts on speaking. You have this one little tiny step that you do uh, every day, one or two little steps every day, and you'd be amazed at how much you can accomplish if you do that. Yes, you break it down. You know, it's so interesting, you know, with with um, space clearing. You know, you cannot do – basically what clearing a space is is to balance the energy within the space. But you cannot do a space clearing. I mean, you can, but, but it works most effectively after you've decluttered the space. Because it, it's, you know, it's just like affirmations, you know. Once you know what it is that you want to achieve, and you've, you know, that's the decluttering, getting clear on what it is that you want to achieve, and then the that that's your goal, and then the steps to support the goal. So the whole um, the whole thing in, in anything is you start with baby steps. So when we declutter a house, we do not suggest that you go everywhere at once, because then the next thing you know, what do you have? Chaos reigns everywhere. So you start with one area, and we normally recommend knowledge and self-cultivation, because if you can get that cleared and balanced, then your thinking is clear in every area of your life. And, you know, I, I teach the vision board, you know, class, and I love teaching the vision board class with the nine areas of your life so that you have a picture and words and and, and clarity in, in really achieving what you want to achieve. And, you know, I, I really, this analogy of the horse with the rider and the path, and I, I mean, you you've really given us a visual. And when we have a visual, it just makes everything easier. Even if you're not a visual person, you know, um, when you have a picture, it translates into, the. it's like when you take a picture with a camera, you know, the lens uh, records it. So it's like, here you are, you, you put it right back out because you have a picture. Um, I, I probably did not explain that very well, but I know you know what I meant. <laughs> well, you know, with the picture thing, I'd like you to consider that your taking pictures all the time. What if your subconscious mind is just taking pictures? And what if if things are going well, we don't bother to notice them. We only take pictures of things that aren't aren't going well because those are potentially dangerous. And when you go to develop the film later, it looks like you have a horrible life. But that's only because you didn't take pictures of the things that went that went well. You only took pictures of the potential dangers and hazards. You know, it's so funny. I have this friend who's very successful in real estate. Um, but she's she's one of these people that that she feels that her job is to to warn you of the hazards, like you're playing golf <laughs> and there's a water hazard ahead. And you know, and one day I just said, you know, I 
I this is not you know really supportive to me the the way I, the way I, I I would rather you be a cheerleader than well but this is what I do and I said well you know what that's lovely but now take that same energy and go toward the positive and mm-hmm. you know I mean we all have oh what do you mean you're going to you know can you imagine if I said to my daughter what do you mean you're going to take a year off law of law school and go to Spain and Italy for a year and immerse yourself in language languages you know what instead I'm like you know. Maybe that's what you need to do in order to get clarity on what it is that you really want to do. You've you've worked your whole life up to this point, and you never really paused, like we've been talking about. Where you, you know, she has she has more things that she can be. You know, I, I mean, if you saw all the accomplishments in this young lady, is only twenty three, you know, and or twenty two actually. But you know, but the bottom line is, is that she really had not paused to like really see who she was, and I think that. You know, you you know, so many things you've offered us tonight that are so wise. But you know, the the big one is really celebrating your successes and not you know not always. Uh, and, you know, I'm talking to myself here, going on to the next thing. You know, pausing, pausing, and and really relishing the successes. And the only other ingredient that I would really encourage everyone to recognize is that, you know, we tend to judge ourselves by our intentions. We judge others by their actions. And so the tough love approach, I think, is incredibly important. So as a mom, Cindy, you know, you you went ahead. And just like a good coach, you coach, you were tempted to follow your own desire, which was for her to stay the safe route. But instead, you encouraged her to follow her dream, you know, ask her the questions. But now you also want to play tough love. If she goes over there and starts to waffle around and, well, I don't know, and those kinds of things, it becomes, well, wait a minute. I thought you said that your intention in going there was A, B, and C. And what is this B, E, and F? Are these new goals? Talk to me about these. I mean, that tough love approach is also an important piece to add in. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Sherry, you're teaching a coaching class in St. Louis. You have another one coming up in Kansas City in February. You're in Milwaukee. Do you want to talk about the the workshop? Because the it's next weekend you're in St. Louis. Yes, I love this class. It's got a lot of principles of NLP. It really puts in a nutshell exactly what the process is for taking someone through this thing that we're talking about today. And anyone can get certified as a life coach um, it's a two-day class because we target people who already have a lot of expertise in their field. So we're not going to teach you how to target your audience. We're going to assume that you're coming in, that if you're a teacher, you already understand teaching. You just want to learn how to coach so that you can take a coaching practice out and coach teachers. Or you're a financial advisor and you already understand the finance part. You just want to learn coaching skills. So in this two-day course, very intensive, we isolate how to coach. We have you pair up with other people and coach each other. And we give you a, a, a lifetime, a, literally a lifetime of continuing education, uh, new audios every month that you can listen to that go ahead and support you in that practice. And it's coming to St. Louis um, every quarter. And the one in November is the 10th and 11th. Uh, but pretty much every quarter it will come to St. Louis and all around the country. Um, and what I really love about the class is that you really do that thing that you were saying of uh, like that NLP teaches you is you, you basically understand how your mind works. And when you start with understanding how your mind works, the thing I like to say is, what if we actually worked with human nature instead of wishing human nature were different? Because how is wishing human nature were different working for you so far? Absolutely. I There it is, right there. So 
getting grounded, figuring your life out, but in a way that is, you know, as Sherry was saying at the beginning, you start at the bigger and then you break it down. You take the baby steps, you um, you laser in. You know, that's why you were so good at what you do, Miss Sherry. I mean, you know, and you're all over the place. I mean, you're traveling. You were in Colorado last night. I'm so glad you got home. I was thinking, I was like, how can the storms up east be affecting her in Colorado? <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe it's raining really hard out there. But, um, but you know, you were funny when you said, no, 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 no. So um, I want to mention your website again and your contact information. So um, please, please give that for the listeners because people, you know, listen to the show all hours of the day and night. So if you would give yeah. that to everyone, please. Yes. Now, please feel free to Google me. My name is Sherry Prindle, S-H-E-R-R-Y, and then P-R-I-N-D-L-E. I have YouTube videos that go into some of this. Um, the coaching certification group is the Certified Coaches Federation. If you go to certifiedcoachesfederation.com, then there's all kinds of really neat free re- resources. We also have a LinkedIn group, a Facebook page. Um, we're really into not just selling you a life coach certification class. That's the last thing we're worried about. We just love to see you get plugged into a community of people who are coaches and people who know about how to change, how to how to affect change in in, in, in people's lives and just get plugged into that community. Um, you can email me at sherry at certifiedcoachesfederation.com. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, Sherry, thank you so much. And listeners, you're going to hear music as a pause before we go to our second hour of the uh, the radio show. So do not go away. Stay tuned. And, Sherry, I will see you next weekend. All right. Thank great. You thank so you. so much. Okay. All right. So, um, so there will just be a, a, a slight pause, and we'll be back on the air in just a moment. Thank you so much.
Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour hosted by yours truly, Cindy Meyer. And it is an honor and a privilege to bring you Spirit Seeker Magazine each month and this radio show each week. We interview cutting-edge authors, leaders in the area of mind, body, and spirit. And you can read Spirit Seeker online, spiritseeker.com. We're also a print magazine in the Midwest, Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis, and we have most recently expanded into Arkansas. So we're reaching a four-state. We've, we've been publishing for 15 years, and we cover all the different events that are happening in the Midwest. And tonight, you are going to be hearing about an event that is happening in uh, Delavan, Wisconsin on November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So it is it is right here, you know, coming up. And uh, Terry, are you there? Okay, Terry, I am. Yes. Okay, Hi, great. Cindy. Okay. Hi, and Terry, how do I pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. It's Tinarella. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Terry, and then we have a fabulous panel of guests, and this is going to give you a taste of what this conference is going to be like. So. Um, Terry is a is the founder and the organizer of White Awake Events, which is putting on the White Awake Conference 2012. She has worked in the area of personal growth, and uh, she's been uh, her background is in international multi-level marketing, and she has worked in training, inspiring seekers and leaders to go to the next level uh, in their lives for the past 24 years. She's been on a spiritual journey. Um, she incorporates all of her experience, her knowledge, and her wisdom, and now she's put all of this energy, you can hear this whirlwind energy, into this conference. So, Terry, tell us just a little bit of, uh, uh, about you know anything you want to share, and then we'll go right into our uh, the wonderful panel of speakers. Well, I just wanted to say that I'm really excited about this. This is actually the first event that I'm hosting, the first of many um, to come. Um, I chose to host it in the Midwest because I really just feel like we here in the Midwest don't get as much opportunity as those um, in the Southwest and on the West Coast to really have a variety of, of speakers that come together, that converge, um, to share their wisdom and their knowledge. So I really felt like the mid Midwest was kind of missing out, and I really wanted to be able to bring these masters together, these master teachers together um, here in, in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, which is right over the border of Illinois, um, and just provide the opportunity for us Midwesterners to really be able to um, to relish in this in this knowledge, in this wisdom, and in this training. So that was my main intention, and then also to do it, um, you know, at at a reasonable cost for a for a great weekend, a great gathering, some wonderful wonderful teachers to come together, some music, some ceremony. Um, just really wanted to be able to share this with the many. 
So I'm just going to list just a, a few of the – I'm going to start with the uh, the four speakers uh, and, and guests that we have on this evening. We have Chief Golden Light Eagle, who uh, is, was guided by Spirit to create a place for people as well as uh, notable Native American speakers and traditional elders to gather and tell their story and their messages. And Chief Golden Light Eagle has been a guest on my show before, and, you know, so I am just delighted that he is able to join us tonight. He has worked with the uh, the Starways and the Star Knowledge Gatherings, and um, so you know it's just wonderful that he is blessing uh, your event. He's a member of um, a band of Native Americans from South Dakota and one of the Sundance Chiefs of the and I'm 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 the Yankton Nakota, and I don't know if I said that correctly, but we'll be hearing from uh, Chief Golden Light Eagle. We also have Dr. Darren Weissman, who is an internationally renowned holistic physician, speaker, educator, developer. He's developed the Lifeline Technique, and um, he's the best-selling author of The Power of Infinite, uh, Love and, uh, Infinite Love and Gratitude and Awakening to the Secret Code of Your Mind. We have Donald Schmidt, who has worked in the area of uh, UFO, UFOs and you know the studies, and he's the uh, served as the director of special investigations for the for ten years, and he's also um, works with the international UFO reporter. He works you know globally with uh, a lot of the different UFO sightings and um, some of the different archaeological digs. Uh, he's been a part of those. We also have William Henry, who is an investigative mythologist, author, and he uh, is, has his own uh, radio show. Uh, called Revelations, and he's worked with, you know, the ancient secrets of human transformation, and, you know, so this is just a taste. This is the tip of the iceberg. You know, these these are, you know, who Terry has, you know, brought this group together this evening, and I really want to thank you, Terry. I know it was, you know, a lot with communicating getting and getting everyone here, so thank you for, for that, and thank you for your efforts for bringing this to the Midwest. Thank you. So, who would you like us to start with? You know, um, I, I think, well, personally, I'm just going to jump in. I would like uh, Chief Golden Light Eagle, will you be kind enough to to give us a blessing this evening as before we even start into the next part? Would you, would you do a wonderful blessing for us? What kind of blessing? The water whatever blessing? You, whatever, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to offer us before, before we go so in. Hard, <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever did a blessing over the radio before. Okay, well, you're blessed. Okay, okay, we are blessed. Okay, so we are blessed. <laughs> we are blessed. So, would you be kind enough to talk to us about? You know, you you've been doing the Star Knowledge conferences. You know, you have one coming up on twelve twelve twelve, and tell us just a little bit about what what is happening on planet Earth right now, and and you know, just offers your wisdom. You're you're very wise. Let's let's hear from you. I don't know about wise. We're like wise ass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just, um, I, I guess, I don't know what's going on all over planet Earth. You know, I, I I don't watch TV very much, so I don't know what's going on other than what emails I get. So, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of like a, at a little, I just got through eating, so my mind's kind of like in a gray area. <laughs> okay. 
Well, well let, let's Thank hear about you, the, the, the gallery. Like a whole bunch of people here listening. They're not new. Aww. So, yeah, um, yeah, the Star Knowledge was actually uh, organized for reasons to, um, for people to tell their truth, you know, about experiences that uh, they're holding on to, that experiences and information that probably helps humanity. And um, with, you know, um, we're we're more interested in, in, in introducing the spiritual aspect of everything because everybody else is working on them. You know the science level and the medical level, and they're working in the mental. And uh, there, there are all kinds of levels, except for the spirit part of it, and how the spirit is attached to all the the sequences of events around the around the world. So, uh, and those people that have that information, such as working with star people. Uh, in other words, uh, experiences as contacts with different star nations, you know, uh, in their life. This is a very uh, beautiful time to open up to what it is that they need to share with the rest of the world and not be afraid. So we've had a number of of uh, people that have shared their stories and helped in, in, in a lot of areas, such as people that, the Pulitzer Prize winner, John Mack. Uh, we had, you know, Barbara Marciniak. A lot of the UFO, ufologists as well. A lot of uh, researchers like uh, Dr. Boylan. Um, so there's, there's a variety of what we call experts and professionals. And we had, like, FBI, CIA people, the Naval Intelligence, NATO, and just about every you know, military uh, influence that's been involved with their their take on what they experienced as well. So, but there was a, there's a spirit, a spirituality about the star people. And, and there's also messages of why people are not getting what they really need to receive from them. And it's all in the uh, language. It's all in the, the ways of retrieving the information. So a lot of the information is actually done through telepathy. So telepathy is a tool that's needed to access information. And the other languages is like is, um, more of a be careful who you're dealing with if they're talking straight language. Because a lot of our uh, the star people just ain't who they say they are sometimes. Mm. So the telepathy is a very high vibrational level, and uh, in that area there's no there's no ulterior motives. There's nothing like that. So everybody knows what everybody is feeling from the heart. So it's really a heart language. A lot of people try to communicate with them through flashlights and giving them the SOS and all this kind of stuff, and that's, like, really primitive, you know. So we have to really get down to the basic forms of what we actually have. Um, and and that's uh, all, all the things that mainstream America doesn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's what... 
that's what the people are really opening up to as far as uh, levitation and invisibility we, uh, um, and telepathy. So these things are coming about, and these are the languages that's necessary for this next age of Aquarius to be fruitful. So it's coming to that. So the star people uh, have come and... Uh, uh, as far as Native American uh, systems, they've come through us in, from the Pleiades over 15,000 years ago. And they came in the form of these seven sisters, one which we very uh, truly, you know, love. Her name was a white buffalo calf woman. And she was one of the star relatives or grandmothers from the Pleiades that gave us this way that we have now that helped us and gifted us with these ways of ceremony, these ways of inner growth. So much of the Native American uh, systems, the inner systems, the their ways of life are, come from the stars. Anything other than that is, is uh, falls short of what they call God's plan. So, uh, we got a materialistic world that we need to really Seriously look at what we're doing, and um, and because of the what the ego people are talking about, as far as holy and being materialistic, no attachments, you know. So there's there's so much there that they're telling us and sharing sharing with us that uh, it needs to go out because uh, it, uh, it comes in the form and basically reduces itself or magnifies itself into this what we call unconditional love. And that's what's necessary right now. So we're being bombarded with fear, uh, fear propaganda from all areas of of, uh, of this. And just to keep people in the state of fear, thinking that the end of the world is going to be December 21st, 20, you know, 2012, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just ongoing but most of the people now can't be fooled and they they understand a little bit more thanks to a, a lot of messengers that have been out there and putting the word out that uh, a lot of this ways such as laws of attraction exist and that we don't attract any of this um, bad stuff to us you know to uh, prophecies and all that kind of good stuff so we are we are gifted to create our own prophecy, create our own history, and uh, when I don't think as an individual that we are smart enough to create uh, something that's devastating to our families, you know, to ourselves especially, to our children. So we we have that gift to create our future, the future of. Uh, we call it the, the the law of future sight. So, uh, so the star people have uh, come to us right from this house that we're out here. We're here in Wisconsin, and there was like eight ships that flew over. They're triangular ships, but they're very quiet. And the other the other evening, there was one just sitting outside the deck here that was uh, beaming uh, telepathic messages. So they're coming. They're coming because of the law of attraction. They carry very high vibrations within inside themselves. So we, as human beings and two legs, we have to lift 
and raise our vibrations to theirs in order for us to communicate with them. And that's the only that's the only way we do it. And and the thing is to become emotionless because if we carry emotion, we're gonna just holler and scream and say, "Hey, look at that UFO, that flying saucer," and we're not gonna get anything but hollering and screaming. Mm-hmm. So we need to to uh, discipline ourselves to be very reverent and very disciplined into ways of respect to our uh, some of our brothers and sisters because they're real. I've witnessed them. I've, I've experienced them. And I'm not afraid to talk about them because they've been here since the white buffalo calf woman came. They're in our, they're in our, our um, stories. Right. So. Well, and, and uh, Chief Golden Light Eagle, you are going to be um, a guest uh, on my show again next week. So, uh, And we'll be hearing about some of the work that you're doing with the Star Knowledge Conferences. But I, I do want to mention to the listeners that um, you can learn more about what um, Chief Golden Light Eagle is talking about. He has a fabulous website, www.starknowledgetv.com. And, you know, join us again next week. You will be hearing the wisdom of this man who's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when we came on, when you first came on, like you, you know, I'm not a wise man. Oh yes, you are. And um, and thank you, thank you for for sharing. And you know, and so um, and so it is. So thank you very much. Um, I think the perfect segue from here will be uh, to go to Donald Schmidt. Uh, Donald, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Sandy. Okay, hi. Um, so tagging on to the, the the open portal that just happened here with UFOs and the communication and uh, what uh, Chief was talking about with this, this, you know, we must be more open and loving and un, and open to the communications. Would you be kind enough to share some of the work that you've been doing in this area? Absolutely. Um the United States government officially investigated the UFO phenomenon for 21 years. And a scientific consultant to those three projects, which were Project Sign, Grudge, and the most famous Blue Book, was the late Dr. J. Allen Hynek. I was one of his special investigators when he had established the Center for UFO Studies out of Northwestern University in Edmiston, Illinois. And before he passed away, I was appointed his director of special investigations. I was a skeptic. I was very much into the nuts and bolts, into explaining away all of the reports that came across my desk. And the one case I wanted to go after and explain for all time as being nothing more than something very conventional, very prosaic, was the Roswell incident. Of 1947 and we started that investigation in the beginning of 1989 and we've interviewed over 600 people directly or indirectly involved we've had now three archaeological digs at the crash site we've written four best-selling books on the incident our first one was made into the Golden Globe nominated motion picture Roswell consulted on over 30 documentaries, have lectured all over the world, and I am 99% convinced that what indeed crashed outside of Roswell in 1947 was an alien spacecraft. It was something not manufactured on this earth. 
And to this day, we are still tracking down surviving witnesses. We are getting more and more deathbed testimonies admissible in a court of law. And what I uh, will be presenting this weekend essentially is taking Roswell to court, demonstrating that it is beyond a belief. It's something that we could win hands down in any court of law with all of the eyewitness circumstantial testimony describing something that back in 1947 clearly was unprecedented. It was something that was not in the Army manual, so to speak. This was something that shook these very people to their core. And yet there was no panic. There was no suicide. There was no, as far as fear that we were being invaded or that we were dealing with something malevolent, something to be fearful of. These people, they all lived out their lives. They worked their jobs. They raised their families. They continued going to church. So it was an enlightenment of sorts. It was something that, sadly, they were sworn to secrecy. Our government stepped in and ordered them never to say another word about this. But for me personally, not only has it been an adventure of a lifetime, but it has become a journey in that one no longer sweats the small things in life. One realizes that in dealing with something that has become such an event, such a, a illuminating experience in that we're not alone, that there's something more to this life. There's something else out there. There's something much more than what we would consider important right here on planet Earth. And we realize we're nothing more than just galactic neighbors, that we have been visited for centuries, and that unfortunately the visitors who arrived in that summer of 1947, they, may, they, they met a very fateful ending, a very tragic ending. There was a crash, and their remains were recovered, the physical evidence, the remains of their ship, everything was hidden and prevented from coming out to the general public. And I have made it now my life's mission to make sure that we will continue to inform the public that we are not alone, that we have been visited, that Roswell did happen, and we will continue to track down every remaining witness and provide them with an opportunity to also present their own knowledge of what did indeed transpire back at that time. Well, and you're you're working on the the book that's coming out in 2013 inside the real Area 51. So you're taking all of the you know the eyewitness accounts and putting this all together um, for us to to also be able to uh, understand more of what happened here. Which will be my ninth book, and uh, quickly finishing up the aftermath of Roswell and what has transpired all those years since, specifically at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which was, which became the focal point of all UFO investigation from all around the world during that time. And we're planning on a very academic, very scholarly Roswell, Roswell verdict uh, book. We're working on that presently, and then we're uh, working on even the very next 
witness to Roswell book. We've done now uh, two in that series where we uh, afford the eyewitnesses an opportunity to go on the record, to speak for themselves, to, to describe what they know to be the truth. And, I, again, I, I can't emphasize enough that this being, as you described, even as far as the conference being just the tip of the iceberg, that there is so much shrouded in secrecy. There is so much that our government, our world leaders have decided that, for whatever reason, that we're not ready. And I, 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 I want to emphasize and testify to the opposite viewpoint this weekend, that we are ready, that we've been ready for many years, that we've grown up not only in as far as the space age and in the advent of, of, of space travel and even time travel. And so who are these people to decide for all of us? As I mentioned to a retired colonel, that you've decided for all people, all generations, even those of us who weren't even born back at that time. And yet you've decided for all of us. What gives you that right? right. And he paused but, and, sorry, and even ahead. hesitated and said, uh, yeah, I never thought of it that way before. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not going to tell you anything. Well, it's what, you know, what Chief, like, you know, what Chief was saying with the mental telepathy, you know, when we, you know, nothing hidden. You know, it's just, let's just all be open with everything that's happening, and then we can all learn from these amazing things. You know, I I, I remember being a guest on a radio show, you know, at least, I don't know, 17 years ago, and, you know, it was in the middle of this small, it was a, it was a small, uh, that was in a studio before we had internet radio and everything else, and um, we, there was a commercial break, and the, the person interviewing me turned to me, and it was about a conference that I was putting on. It was back in the 90s, early 90s. And he said, do you believe in UFOs? I said, yes. He says, I was abducted. And he said, mm-hmm. I, I find very few people that I can even talk to about this. And, you know, so he went on, and then the next thing, you know, we're, you know, we're back on the air. But, you know, I've, I've had several people share their experiences. And most recently, um, a friend of mine called, and she was, she was driving down the highway and this bright light i mean this was you know within the last month this bright light and you know it looked like some type of like ship beamed this light down into her car and pushed she said i felt like i was going through the floor of my car you know she said i just felt like something was just pushing me you know like but she said i couldn't have moved if i even tried and she said what the heck was that and And that's a very common reaction, a common behavior that people try to rationalize and explain to themselves, much to their own credit, that they don't just don't automatically believe that uh, they're experiencing an encounter of sorts. Right, and she and she says, please don't tell anyone. I said, you know, that's not who I am. You know, that's up to you to share whatever. I said, but, you know, you just you know, uh, studied Reiki, you're opening up to the energetics of the universe, you're understanding, you know, but, you know, she's different. You know, I've been around her. She's different since, since this encounter. And and I and she's a neophyte, so to speak, you know, on on the path mm-hmm. of understanding, you know, the, the bigger, you know, uh, picture energetically of the galaxies and everything else. And, and you know, the Hathers, she doesn't, under, you know, I mean, she's new, but but she's different, and it's not an accident that it happened to her. She has encounters with so many different people in the work that she does, and I know in time she'll talk about it. But, you know, the society does not encourage us to talk about these these unbelievable uh, things that are happening all over the world. 
No, no, I and mean, that's why I mentioned as far as even the history of the investigation of the phenomena as far as the government, and they have done all that they have been capable of doing as far as indoctrinating and the propaganda to disbelieve the very nat- the very notion that we're being visited, that there's something else out there. And it all stems from their loss of control, that the moment they would acknowledge a presence, that there's something that is out there that they do not have total control over, they uh, they they risk their very careers, their their uh, their official uh, political capacity to govern and essentially run our very lives. And there's there's no more of a threat to their very sustenance and our being free spirits, being able to think on our own and attempt communicating with an outside. Uh, spiritual realm. I mean, religion is a threat to government. Certainly, uh, UFOs are, and uh, the, the notion of uh, beings on other planets are very much a threat to our elected officials. Okay, well, we will come back to you if we um, are, are able to, but I do want to mention um, that you can uh, learn more about what you're hearing about um, at www.roswellinvestigator.com, and that is R-O-S-W-E-L-L investigator.com. And um, oh, we, we, we could take a whole show on this, Donald Schmidt, so, I mean, all of the guests tonight, you know, but we, um, we want to give um, a little bit of time to everyone, so we will come back if we have time. So I think we're going to move from here to William Henry because, uh, William, you've, you've done a lot of, you know, you've had so many different people on your radio show and you've, you know, studied different cultures and, and whatever. So let's let's hear what you have to say this evening and what you'll be um, offering at the conference this weekend. Well, and, and thank you for having me on the program, Cindy, and hi Absolutely. to Terry and to Donald and to Chief Golden Eagle. It's wonderful to hear everybody's voices. Looking forward to seeing everybody this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my specialty, I guess, if I have a specialty, is to say, well, okay, great. We've got those flying saucers flying around in the triangular craft. They're all over the place. But then in the ancient stories, you also hear about these beings that that don't travel in, in flying saucers or spaceships. These guys seem to be able to travel through what we today call a stargate or a wormhole throughout the ancient world sacred myth and tradition, even the Bible, is loaded with references of beings coming and going from the stars through gateways. They seem to materialize as if out of thin air. In fact, they they seem to have this ability to to shift, to phase shift, if you will, between the material and the immaterial realm. And so when I first started hearing those stories back 20 years ago or so, I just was hooked. And this was before the TV show Stargate or before the movie Contact, where it really became part of the the common mind, if you will. I mean, you can't hardly watch a TV show today without seeing some kind of a reference to a to a wormhole. It's in commercials. It's it's all over the place, and it's it's to me it's a it's a testimony that hey guys, we've uh, we've a, achieved a higher level of consciousness. We can conceive of beings who are not material. They're not flesh. They're immaterial beings they're they're light beings they're referred to as perfect light humans and in fact they have the ability to to travel the stars through these gateways and gosh now we have a physics that can even back this up we can not prove that this is true but we're on the on the path of duplicating this and this this changes everything 
this means we're in a whole new ball game here. I mean, what, what what's happened in my lifetime? I just turned 50 a few weeks ago. What's happened in my lifetime is just the very beginning of profound changes uh, for humankind in terms of our understanding of the nature of the universe and the full spectrum of consciousness and the capability that's built into the DNA of each and every one of us. We're all, as I like to say, we're sort of like the, the caterpillars I saw once in a, in a cartoon looking up at the butterfly saying, you'll never get me up in one of those things. And at one level, that's us looking up at a UFO saying, man, I wish I could get up in one of those things. But then in the presentations I give, I, I, I show all these these ancient images uh, from myth and sacred tradition of, of light beings. And it's and the message is, guys, you know, you're the, you're the caterpillars walking around in those human bodies. You're, you don't know it, some of you, but you're in the process of transforming or morphing into a perfect light human, one of these beings that can travel the stars through wormholes. And that, that sounds really wacky, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, there's some amazing metaphysical teachings that are enfolded within this idea that can help us to accelerate our consciousness, accelerate our ability to manifest what it is that we desire in the earthly realm, and ultimately to become better humans, which is, in my view, one of the reasons we're, we're on Earth, to be better people. Well, and I noticed on your website, uh, which is williamhenry.net, that you were taking a group to Egypt right after this conference. Mm-hmm. And I was in Egypt in 2008, and it's exactly, you know, it's interesting. Um, I forget the name of the ruin, and I should know this, but I forget. But I remember, not everyone knows this, but um, one of the guides or someone, somehow they knew it, they said, come on back here, come on back here. And the, re- the, the majority of the people were not back in this one section. But you looked up at the top of this ancient, ancient ruin, up at the top of this magnificent building, and here you saw submarines. You saw helicopters uh, that came by land, by sea. There, there, there was, you know, this was before, you know, how long ago, you know, were those hieroglyphs done, you know, to, to show that we came from all the different directions, the people come from all the different directions. You know, it's, it's you know, it's just fascinating. And, you know, the Hathers, of course, tele- uh, telepathically communicated. I mean, that was normal. They didn't have to use words. Right, and I've seen that glyph you referenced, Cindy, many times. It's at the Temple of Seti at Abydos, and it's just one of many things that you can point to in a temple in Egypt as well as around the world that says there's there's signs and symbols of this super advanced race of beings. And the thing that I always uh, encourage people to think about is that because we're able to interpret this symbolism today, I feel like we must be, if not already, we are very close to being able to duplicate what we see in some of these temple scenes and some of these ancient stories. And that's what's really exciting to me is that we are, we're taking giant steps every day right now in our understanding of the universe. And this is what this expansion of consciousness during this time is all about. And what we're all challenged to do is to, to make it work in our own lives, to, to, to make sense of it and to, as I said a moment ago, to, to improve our own lives, to, to, to make ourselves better and make our world better because we're aware of this knowledge of the, the presence of these extraterrestrial beings who have been coming here since literally the beginning of time. Okay, well, we will come back um, if, you know, in just a moment for final words from everyone, but we're going to move to Dr. Darren Weissman. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting when uh, I was in Egypt 
there there was and and before we go to Dr. Weissman, which temple was this where all the medical everything, you know, forceps, every medical instrument practically that we're using today was back in the time, you know, of the Hathers. I mean, it was, do you remember which temple that was? I, I should know this, but I, it's not, at, on, on, you know, but do you know which one I'm referencing? Am I correct? Where, you know, you, you just felt like you were in an operating room. Hmm. Maybe not. Okay. But, okay, so we're going to talk to Taryn Weissman. So, Dr. Weissman, you're probably like, where is this woman going with this? But, you know, you know, you work, you're, you're specialty. I'm, I'm actually not wondering that at all. I'm, this, this is such a beautiful dialogue, <laughs> and, and, it, and it, it's amazing. I, I, just, I want to start with the chief as far as saying that the movement of humanity, that it's so important that we are aware of our emotions and that we're so emotional that it's important that we get a hold on our emotions and for us to be able to even process what's going on as far as this intergalactic type of communication that's going on. The gentleman that was on just prior to me. Um, and, and, and William that, Henry. <laughs> yeah, just just brilliant. I, it's so interesting. I, I, I uh, have my background in uh, human biology, in chiropractic, in acupuncture, in naturopathy, in neurolinguistic programming, in EMDR, and uh, just homeopathy. I've studied magnetotherapy, and I've had all of these different passions of holistic ways to activate our body's natural potential for healing. Thus, as the last speaker said, to help us to be better people, to make an impact in the world. And what's so interesting is I'm listening to everyone here, and I'm really understanding a deeper part of myself right now and in, in my role in this dialogue that's happening is I had a, uh, a moment that I was on this machine called a vibrasound. And this machine um, is this computerized type of system that you speak an intention into it, and then it gets distilled through like 12 different computers, and it pumps out a vibration visually, auditorily, and kinesthetically into the body. And it's an hour-long trip that people go on, and it helps us to raise the vibration of the body Well, while and of the mind. While I was on this, I, uh, I, I had this experience where these light beings began to speak to me. And these light beings said, Darren, we're so proud of you, and we want to teach you something. And they taught me this system that ultimately is the lifeline technique. And I came out of this hour voyage of consciousness, and I was kind of just shaking my head because it, it took me off guard as far as this experience of communicating with this beautiful, they're just, they were just gorgeous light beings. And I'm shaking my head, and this woman who uh, was facilitating the process said, oh, you saw them. And I, I, I literally started to weep because I'm like, what do you mean I saw them? How do you know that I saw something? She goes, because some people do. It doesn't happen to, uh, to everyone, but some people do, and I've seen that look before. And as I'm listening to everybody else here speak, whether it be something showing up as a ship, as I've seen outrageous things in my own life, and we all in, the, in today's day and age can acknowledge there is a whole other level of intraterrestrial consciousness that is going on where these types of energies feed off of our emotions, mm -hmm. and they affect us. And my gift to this Wide Awake Conference, my gift to and purpose here on the planet, is to empower individuals 
to understand that emotions are our portal. They are our doorway to the field of energy that connects all of creation. And with this system that's called a lifeline that anyone can use, and I'm going to talk about it at the Wide Awake Conference, you can transform these emotionally reactive patterns, these patterns that perpetuate survival, fright, fight, or flight, protection on a biological level affecting the health of our body, on a behavioral level affecting the way we think about ourselves, the way we communicate with each other on a global level, let alone in marriages and schools and in communities, that I have uh, awoken to this system that helps us to process these emotions, thus raise our consciousness. Because in our world today, it's not about fixing things. There's nothing actually broken. What's going on is that there's a dialogue in the world today and that the pain, fear, and stress is a doorway for us to wake up to a deeper truth. And that deeper truth is that we are all one, and we're here to recognize that. But there is, there is a, whether it be a governmental uh, type of uh, coup or misunderstanding where people don't understand what pain really means and as a result that misunderstanding perpetuates the pain into suffering and our world's suffering today and uh and i'm so excited to be a part of the conference share with these other beautiful people that are talking about really enlightening things because it is an incredible journey here on planet earth right now and i'm excited to share the uh the stage with everyone well and you know i just have to tell you you know when when terry called me and said how can you help? I said, tell me about your event. Just tell me, tell, just describe it. Let me let me see what this is all about. And that's the the amazing thing with publishing Spirit Seeker magazine is every month we are learning about all the different you know gatherings, and there are more gatherings, and they're different. Each one is unique and special with the configuration and constellation of people who come together. And this one's just very, very special. And, you know, Terry has priced it to where it's affordable. There are, you know, and I really acknowledge you, Terry, that you're getting, you have military discounts, you know. You know, people are coming back from these Middle East wars, and they're, you know, it's not just there. But, you know, we, we have a lot of people in you know, the United States right now that, you know, they're they're using Qigong and hospitals trying to help the soldiers because, you know, there's just so much suffering that has happened and, and people don't want to talk about it. People do not want to talk about, you know, the the disfigurements and the limbs missing and, you know, so much, you know, that that, you know, just what you were talking about, Doctor Weissman, you know, like how do you how do you work with all of this emotion that is, you know, society suppresses it and doesn't want to, you know, talk about it. So Terry has, you know, put together these packages for this conference for student discounts and senior citizen discounts and military discounts and, you know, I mean, Terry, you've done a great job in, you know, putting your website together and and bringing this uh, this particular, you know, configuration together. And I know how much work there is in these conferences. I did 27 of them in St. Louis in, in you know, 15 years. And, you know, I'm now on sabbatical because I'm supporting all of the other conferences. And, you know, so hat off to you. You know, my hat is off to you, Terry. I mean, this this is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. It is a lot of work, but I, um, I am just being led, um, intuitively led to do this. And no matter what, no matter what, which – 
that's really huge for me because um, I, you know, usually get to a point where I'm like, oh, I don't know, but this is so strong, and I just every single person that is participating in this event, um, I could just, I, I can't, I'm, I, I'm speechless because everybody is offering their gifts from their heart and really are willing to share this with people who, who want to know who want to know more, who want to be in tune, who want to plug in, who want to be a part of this energy. And I'm just, I'm I'm really blessed. I'm really blessed. Um. Well, and I'm just going to mention a few other things. You know, we, we have this wonderful panel. This is, uh, you know, a representation of the conference, but there are some other just you know, wonderful things. So Dr. Darren Weissman will be talking about, um, you know, you've heard him speak tonight, how your thoughts lead to disease and how you can change those thoughts, you know. And disease is, you know, disease somewhere in the mind, body, or spirit. And so he'll be working with that. And William Henry will be talking about Stargate Metaphysics, the Lost Secrets of the Perfect Light Humans. There's a wonderful concert by Douglas Bluefeather. Um, Mm -hmm. Terry, do you want to talk about that just a little bit? Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about that. He is coming in to do um, a concert for us on Saturday evening from 7.30 until 9 p.m. So um, all attendees that have uh, either a daily or a full event pass will be able to uh, come and enjoy his absolutely incredible music. Um, He's a Native American Grammy award-winning artist with over 15 CDs. Um, We are just very thrilled to have him. Friday night, we will also have a concert with um, a husband and wife team, um, Angelica and Evan Perman. They're called Sound Shrine. They work with didgeridoos, um, drums, rattles, very high vibrational healing music. Um, an incredible, I've I've participated in their uh, concert before and huge healing effects i can't i can't even tell you so i'm very excited to have them we have um wonderful vendors we have everything from healing massages um to native uh handicrafts to jewelry to uh you name it um i think i think we have a, a very well-rounded um event and we're very excited to be able to present this to Seekers and like-minded people. Well, and and I love the name of the Friday night concert, Sound Shrine. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, sound healer. I'm trained in I don't know holographic sound healing. You know, tuning forks, uh, crystal. I could go on and on. You know, I've always been fascinated with sound, and you know, I started off this path as a nurse and quickly realized that, you know, so many of the illnesses, you know, uh, all started off with an imbalance. You know, way before it manifested in the physical, it was in the etheric. And so, you know, I I love how sound can just cut right through it. And you know, I actually when I traveled to Egypt, I was with sound healers from all over the world so it's it's amazing it's amazing what they can do i was transformed after i uh, had been through their healing vibrational music um and i just wanted to mention too we also have some incredible speakers uh that'll be talking about uh and how to interpret your dreams and dream therapy therapy um lucid dreaming and out-of-body experiences we also have 
um, people working with chakras, talking about how to work with your chakras and how to keep everything in balance as we go into these energies that are just kind of throwing us all over the place. Uh, we have animal communicators that will be talking about how to communicate with your animals, um, how to understand and, and, and to, you know, um, to help them. Um, and we also have beautiful uh, medicine men who are coming to hold the space and really um, share their wisdom and their knowledge and, and just their serenity with us. So very well-rounded, very well-rounded conference. Well, and you're covering past life regression. You're covering, um, you know, and I, and I want to make sure that I give the website. I'm, I mentioned the name of the conference, but the website is Wide Awake one, which is the the number one, so wide awake uh, number one dot com, and right. everything is on there. It's you know you've done a great job of putting this all together, and um, you know it's just a potpourri of of just I mean it's just beautiful what you've created <laughs> here. You know you you just have done a really wonderful job. Thank so you. we have um, a few more minutes, and I do want to mention also that in the November issue of Spirit Seeker, which has been out for. Um, you know, we, we come out the last Friday of the month always, and we came out a little bit early this month. So there is a, an article about the conference, and, um, you know, all you have to do is uh, go to – there's a contact us button, isn't there, uh, Terry, on, on the um, – Yeah, actually there is um, also an event ticket page, and if you, if you don't mind me saying um, – I don't know. I would I would recommend, um, although you can buy tickets at the door, um, if you were to purchase them online before you come, you're going to save anywhere from twenty to twenty five dollars. So it is much uh, cheaper to be able to purchase them online. Plus, it saves you time at the registration line. You can just breeze right in and go and start to enjoy. And um, we also offer workshops. Um, all of our speakers are doing um, individual workshops. So it's a really great way once if you want to hear the presentation, but if you want to get a little bit more in depth um, and you want to get more intimate, intimate surroundings, smaller group, really work hands-on with that speaker, they will be offering workshops, and those workshop tickets will be sold at the event. Uh, of course, you have to have an event pass to do that, but the workshops are sold. Uh, tickets are sold for $22 per workshop. Um, a really great way to connect with the speaker um, and to really get one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, knowledge and wisdom from that person. So we do offer a lot of variety. You get to choose. Well, and there's also, uh, if a group wants to come, there's a group discount too. Absolutely. Yes, we have a group special, um, again, online purchase. Uh, four people can come for the price of three. So um, really take advantage of the specials. Uh, we don't mind you coming to the door, but we're trying to save you time and money if you if you go online. And you still have time because uh, you have till Friday morning uh, when our event uh, registration opens at 8 o'clock a.m. Well, and you have Grandmother Silver Star coming. You have yep. a class on uh, working with crystals and healing stones. Uh, if I remember correctly, I saw something. Yes, you have a uh, a class on the medicine wheel. You know, this is this is you just you just you know, it's just amazing uh, all the different things that you put together with this conference. Uh, you can learn about your dreams. You can learn about time travel, um, yep. and you'll be teaching a class too. I will be actually. Um, how to. Um, get out of the 3D, how to get into the now. So um, living in the moment and 
uh, 10 Steps to um, Empowered Living. So I'm really excited. All right. So... I would like, um, we're, we're nearing the uh, the close of the show. Uh, before we uh, end, I just want to mention that if you would like to know uh, about when Spirit Seeker is online, if you want to know about these radio shows, we, we have over 200 archive shows. Uh, and all you have to do is go to spiritseeker.com, click on the radio show icon in the upper left-hand corner, and, um, you know, people people know that people, you know, they're like, don't you charge for this radio show? And I said, no, you get to listen to it free because a lot of the radio shows are now, you know, there's a subscriber fee to listen to it or you can listen to it for 24 hours and then it's gone. The right. beautiful part about this show uh, and the Blog Talk platform is that the minute the show is finished, it is online and, and people know this. And so we have so many listens to the show that are, you know, off hours as well as live. And uh, if you you can favorite the show, which um, just helps us, you know, the, there's this Blog Talk, you know, higher now a higher arena that you know analyzes the stats on these shows and so if you favorite the show it moves us closer to the front uh section of the spirituality section and we just reach more people with the wonderful work that's happening on planet earth right now uh, and beyond as we all know and um and then if you want to be on our email list if you just send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com we will you know we send out weekly notices about the radio show and you know the different things that are happening. Uh, we do not sell our list. Everybody always wants our list, but you know, for the last 15 years, we have carefully honored the uh, sanctity of the people who have asked to be on that list. But we do allow people to let um, you know the people on our email list. We call it our Spirit Seeker Friends List. We um, we let you know about all these wonderful different events. So okay, so Terry, I, you know what happens is this: we had a two-hour show tonight, and at two hours, it's just all of a sudden the show is gone so i i i want to mention again wide awake number one.com so chief are you still are you still here with us yeah i'm all okay. here but i'm still here okay <laughs> <laughs> well chief um and you 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 started you know front end with this with this wonderful gathering uh, this evening and and I would just like anything else that you would like to share with us having all of our minds uh, met in this wonderful way. Yeah, I feel that you know this is going to be a really a good time to for delivering whatever needs to be done at this moment. You know, for Wisconsin, Illinois, and this area, this region. And it's a blessing to be around all these speakers, you know, Paula, Silver Star, and William Henry, and uh, Connie, and Michael Gill. And uh, know most of the speakers already, and I, I know that they're very, have a very uh, beautiful and uh, good presentation that the, the audience need to listen to. So we need to take that other step and to, you know, allow ourselves to be open and to just listen. Listen without judgment, and you're going to really learn a lot of what all these presenters have to offer to share. So uh, I want to thank Terry for, you know, following her spirit and her heart and all this and organizing this moment. I thank you uh, for for under the laws of attraction while we're going to have a good time. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and Connie and Michael Gell are wonderful. That's how I met you, uh, Chief, is through Connie and Michael, you know, when you did the uh, the conference at Cahokia Mounds, you know, and that's where this journey began with, you know, me learning about the Star Knowledge conferences and, you know, all of the wonderful things, you know, you, know, you were doing. And, you know, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, you'll be my guest along with, you know, the panel of speakers from your upcoming, you know, conference next week. So I'm looking forward to, to having you on my show again and I just want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to do you know to 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 be on this radio show because you know we're all busy people but uh you know it just helps helps so much to have all of us come together and and Terry you know all of our hearts are wide open and you know we just honor you for the work that you're doing and having the vision you know and the 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 sacred uh courage to to step forth and know that you know you're supported so uh so you are supported and from all of our hearts to your heart we we thank you okay so everyone you know i i will i i cannot be there i wish i could bifurcate and be there you know <laughs> in several places at once but you know spirit seeker is is grateful you know for all of all of you for being here tonight and and you know from my heart to yours Thank so uh, we will be here again next time, next week, same time, 7 o'clock Central Time. And in the meantime, if any of you would like a copy of uh, the show, you just send me an email or let Terry know, and I will be happy to send you um, a copy of tonight's show to share in whichever way you would like. So I thank everyone, and may it be a wonderful conference. Thank, thank you, you, Terry. Okay. Thank Good night, everyone. Good night. Mm-hmm.